This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, how you doing, my man? Struggling today, Gordon. Uh, struggling today. Knew Willis Reed very well. Uh, Willis Reed was uh, a boyhood idol of mine. Uh, when I really started playing basketball, I patterned, even though he was a lefty, and the listeners know this because I've told this a thousand times, even though he was a lefty and I was a righty, I patterned my game after his. I ran up and down the court like he ran up and down the court. I had the, I shot my jump shot at an angle like he shot his jump shot at an angle. And then as uh, being in this business, as I've had the opportunity to do, and Gordon, we talk about it all the time. We meet different people and mm-hmm. players and scouts and coaches and folks who remain a part of our lives. And uh, for me, it was really exciting to get to know Willis. Um, the scary thing, Gordon, I'm going to tell you something. I was doing a morning show on an FM, another FM station in this town. And Willis was general manager of the Nets at the time. Okay. And there was something he did that was, I don't remember what it was. It was controversial. And I asked him about it. And he's, he went, uh, uh, uh. And I felt so bad for him. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah. my idol. That's, you know. Mm-hmm, sure. I, I was doing my job, Gordon. Like, you know, like like you tell Absolutely. your classes. <laughs> yeah. Like you tell your classes. You, you have to ask the tough questions. And I had to ask the tough question. And I just, you know, because it was my idol, I felt bad. Uh, so to hear that he, uh, you know, knew he had been ill um, and to hear that he finally lost his battle, uh, you know, with the congenitive heart disease, uh, you know, it, it's a sad day. It's it's kind of like um, having a, it's a bunch of things, Gordon. It's kind of like having the realization that you're getting older. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's it's the realization. Unfortunately, there's too many of those, right? <laughs> it is. It is. A lot of reminders. Uh, if, if it's not watching kids of players right. that, that you cover right. yeah. <laughs> playing, that's, that's the other reminder. Uh, like, I still can't get over, uh, you know, Chris Sims. I mean, he was in the locker room when I was talking to his dad. He's not like he's now like doing doing Saturdays on the show during mm-hmm. the, during, during the high school see football season, and it it's a part of your childhood. Gordon is it's just a part of a great time. A basketball fan in this town, so it it was a tough day for me today. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, you know, your your boyhood hero, and I think that was that wasn't that the we, we just did one for the for the the social media team of who's your favorite yeah. guy growing up, and that was your guy, right? That was my guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's got to be tough. Um, so uh, you know, the things that you know about Willis Reed is that it's rare that there's anybody who's had as long a run in this town. You know, uh, between playing and and then working in the front office and everything else where nobody has a bad word to say about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was one of those people, and he was also one of those people that comes to mind where his demeanor while playing was the complete opposite of if you got to meet him away from, you know, he was like a gentle giant mm-hmm. kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I got in the car today, and I, I heard the, the, the K-Show guys talking to, um, to Marv Albert, and mm. uh, I said, uh-oh. Didn't want to really know why, you know, why they were talking to him. And then obviously you found out the news about Willis Reed today. So, yeah, certainly sad news. But someone who uh, made his mark for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And a guy who uh, he, we are not done mentioning the name Willis Reed, right? No, we're I mean, not. You'll, you'll know that name um, long long after he's gone now. So um, condolences to his family and um, tough night, tough day for you. Yeah, it, it it was tough, and then you know that that's the off the court. I didn't even get a chance to tell you about the on the court stuff, Gordon. Right? Oh, wow, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was more which, than which, which everybody there, knows, right? Because right? sure. everybody's talking about you know, it, it's funny too because now it's it's rare when you have this much of a legacy on sports that transcends the sport that you played. But every time somebody does something where they come off an injury or something like that. They pulled a Willis Reed. Absolutely, it's like it doesn't That's matter. A great it, one. it doesn't matter what the sport is, you know. When Kirk Gibson went around the, went around the bases, it's like with one leg. It's like he did a Willis Reed. It's it you know it it just trans. Even Michael Jordan, even though and even though on the flu game, right? Mm-hmm. He did a Willis Reed. Um, so it's it, it, it's it's rare that you have that ability to transcend. 
uh, your role despite out of your own sport. So he was, um, you know, he, he was just a great guy. He, he really was a great guy. And, and Gordon on the court that, that demeanor, as you mentioned, the tough, he was, he was the enforcer. Okay. Nobody messed with you when Willis was on the floor. He could, he, he would push Chamberlain around. He would push Kareem around. He, it, it was that era of really shortened physical centers. 6'8", 6'9", 6'10"-ish. Wes Unsell is in that era. Uh, Willis Reed, obviously, in that era. You got Dave Cowens from Boston in that era. Nate Thurman's in that era. There's, there's just a litany of shorter centers who were really physical. Bob Lanier is another one, out of St. Bonaventure, who were, they were all, like, very similar. <laughs> they were all maybe an inch or two different, but they mm-hmm. all played that same physical game in the post, mid-range jumper, uh, you know, so it, it it was a it was an era of of basketball of centers during that time when you you had a bunch of them, and I know all his teammates are are, are devastated today, but Gordon, I cannot wait to hear what Walt Clyde Frazier has to say because Clyde idolized Willis, talked about him all the time as the captain, talked about him as his role model. Talked about whatever he meant to him, so I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see a if he's able to work tomorrow night in a very big game for the Knicks against Miami in Miami, and just what his thoughts are going to be. So it's 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 a tough time now, but the best thing is we have great memories of what he brought to the table, uh, on the court and off the court. Yeah, and they were talking on uh, Barton Hahn today about um, uh, Julius Randle and and where mm. does he rank? in terms of all-time Knicks. Is he a top 20 all-time Nick? And they were, you know, wow. trying to, to figure out, and people were calling up with suggestions, and I think Allen was of the belief that, that Randall is. Um, I didn't get to hear the entire segment. I don't know if they were ever convinced otherwise, but, hmm. uh, you know, when you're talking about uh, the, the upper echelons of that list, obviously Willis Reed will always be up there. Yeah. It's uh, going to be a long time before the Knicks get anybody – up in that uh, stratosphere for sure. Yeah, there's no question about that. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get your thoughts on Willis Reed. And Gordon, um, just real quick, this was a bad loss for the Rangers. This was a bad loss tonight. Is it catching at the Garden here or something? I I mean, the Knicks had one yesterday. Yeah, I know. But but at least this is a team that's leading in points, Mm -hmm. okay, with the Carolina. You're trying to catch them. it's, It's a... It's a bad loss because you had the lead one nothing. Uh, they tie it. You get the lead back. They tie it again, and then you know they give up three goals in the third period. I mean, you can't kill the Rangers. They won. They won four straight at home this week. So I mean, you know, things are due to even out the you know mm-hmm. the, the law of averages coming. They they get you, but uh, you know, just when you were really saying how well Shosturkey was playing. In that third period, they just they, they just got sloppy and they let their you know they let their eye off the off the puck for a minute and before you know it they end up losing three two so this was a golden opportunity for them to pick up ground on Carolina they didn't but they have another opportunity as Dan Grasso mentioned to do it Thursday night yeah we'll see if they can uh, can bounce back there yeah it's gonna be interesting and uh, Harvey's very quiet because his team lost in overtime tonight. Uh, they played well, but they just... They that just, would be the Devils, right? That it's would be the, the Devils. Devils. Yeah, they yes. lost. And um, Islanders won 7-2. So good night for the Islanders. Tough night for the other two local uh, hockey teams. And Gordon, we're going to uh, delve in next hour into our rewatchable movie brackets and yes, see Larry, who's advanced. And it, I, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Don't I, do it to me. I, I do Don't do it to me. want to say this, but there is oh. controversy, Larry. Oh. There is controversy and... Um, we suck. I have to admit, I have to uh, raise my hand. It is my fault. It is not the audience. You know me, Larry. I'm the first one to point out when the audience gets something wrong. Yes. I screwed up, and I'll explain coming up in the next hour. Okay. But once again, by you saying that, this is how you continue to bring people together. Look, when you're wrong, you have to be the first. Not a lot of people on this station admit when they're wrong. They point the finger other places. They get upset at other people. When I do something wrong... I take the blame, and this one clearly on me. Okay, all right, we'll find out. We'll we'll find. I'm that, that's a heck of a tease because <laughs> it's so rare that oh, you do it's, something it's wrong. It's so exclusively my fault. I could not put the blame on anybody else, even if I wanted to, Larry. Okay, 
All right. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. <laughs> exactly. We all make I'm mistakes. My own worst enemy sometimes. We all make mistakes. Yeah. We do. All right. We'll talk about it later. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. So, Gordon, that's high praise for Michael K. Yeah, I guess so. He slotted you behind, who's this? DPHO and, and Han. Wow. I mean, those are two good-looking guys, I think. You know, what he's, you know what he said about me? I did not. I did not hear it. Uh, this wasn't today. This was some time back. Mm-hmm. And it was a similar topic where he was rating. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he said... Hardesty is no model. Wow. That's hurtful. Because I think I heard recently that they said both of us were good-looking guys. I don't know why they're talking about our looks so much. <laughs> That's a little, I feel like a hunk of meat here, Larry. I don't know what to say. <laughs> and you know what the uh, funny thing either, is? And, and what I took out of that entire cut was that I'm not, Peter's not, uh, I'm not Peter's type. Yeah, I didn't take the praise is... out of it. I took the insult out of it. Yeah, no, no. You should take the praise. Take the praise. Take the praise. Take the praise. The big guy said you're number three. Well, that's look, important. That's all that matters, right? That's all both, that matters. Uh, both figuratively and literally. I mean, that's right. That's cool, all that matters. Know? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Later, Gordon, I'm going to ask you a question. Remind me. Okay. I got to ask you a question because I, I really value your opinion. I, I asked this question of Harvey and Julian already, but, you know, and they gave me their opinion, but. I, I, because we're partners. Right. Love these guys. Love them. Love them. They do a great job. Love them. But we're close. You know, we, we, we text each other during the day and stuff like that. You know, we're, we're there for each other when either, when both teams, uh, either Absolutely. partner's team is messed up right. or something we're good like guys. that. Yep. We're good guys. We're good guys. Ask for Mustang. We're good guys. So, you know, we'll, we'll, I, I got a question to ask you and, and I right. value your opinion. So we'll do it in a couple of minutes. Right now, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Let's start with Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Oh, thank you for taking my call, Larry and Gordon. How's it going? We're good. What's going on, Jose? What do you got? Good. I just had a couple points. Um, one, a Nick point and a Jet point. The Nick point, um, I'm really saddened by the news of Bullish Reed. Um, even though I never got to see him play because I'm 37 years old, I got to know a lot because through my history papers, and I'm a, I'm a history buff myself. And you know, Willis Reed, you know, I, I really feel sorry for him because I know if he does do the game, it's going to be a tearjerker because he always spoke so highly of Willis Reed and. It was just so uh, he, you know, it, it doesn't get understated how the rest of that team really spoke to spoke about him. And I really do thank you, Larry, because you're that kind of connection between between the older school Nick fan and uh, and uh, to us younger Nick fans. And also, I love you, Gordon, because you know, like you said, not a lot of people admit when they're wrong on that station. Right. And you got and you know, I love I love the accountability and. Anytime, you know, the old 1050 guys can, you know, show that it's it really, you know, teaches a lesson on leadership. Um, as far it. as my jet, yeah, anytime, as far as my jet jet comment, you know, the, the thing that kind of drove me insane with the jet with the jet comment was, you know, um, the need for desperation. And I want to be able to make this very clear for jet fans. It hasn't been all bad. I know that the last 12 years has been pretty much pathetic and horrible with bad management. But I just really think that we – I don't feel the need where we have to sell our soul for Aaron Rodgers, which is the media take that's been going on, which is like, oh, my God, we should be lucky to have him. That's not how you run a football team, and that's how you end up having more disastrous situations in the future. That's just my point, guys. I hope you have a great day. Uh, you too, Jose. Thanks for, for the phone call and the kind words. And uh, he, he's he's not wrong, Gordon, but when your owner says that's who you want, that's who you go get. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for Jose, uh, too late. Uh, that yeah. is uh, closing the barn door after the horse got away. The Jets have made yeah. it clear. They are, you know, we're talking about the rewatchable movies. This is Superman 2, come kneel before Zod, Larry. Uh, this is, you know, you have to do whatever Very is necessary. Nice. <laughs> to make sure that Zod is happy. And uh, uh, the Jets have, have bent over. I mean, they're hiring coaches. They're having meetings. They're doing everything and everything. And, and to think now that a, a, a draft pick is going to hold this up. I mean, you don't want to pay anything more than it costs. But 
<laughs> you, you, you've made it clear this is the road you're going down, and you've bent over backward. You've handed over the organ. You've signed players as a result of Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. I think it's too late for that now. Just hope that Aaron Rodgers doesn't get thrown <laughs> across the across the right. Yeah, no, even though he, that's why they need the, that thirteenth pick to get an offensive lineman. You know, <laughs> exactly. Going back to your movie reference, you hope that Superman doesn't throw him across the the Krypton place that he had. I mean, Absolutely, the, place the, the, just, uh, the uh, hope, fortress of solitude. Yeah, right? exactly. You hope that Rodgers doesn't fall off that cliff. That wouldn't be good. Yeah, or or that Rodgers goes back to his fortress of solitude in the darkness. Right, he just says to hell with this. <laughs> Who needs it? You're not going to give up the thirteenth pick for me. All right, well. No. He can get he can get uh, his nose out of joint very easily well, too. Then, so uh, if that does if that happens, then Joe Douglas is going to be in the, the solitude. He's going to be looking for a fortress of solitude. Like. <laughs> He'll <laughs> be in the darkness, chasing him down. <laughs> He'll be in the darkness. There's no question yeah. about that. No Spike's in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, what's happening? We'll get to Spike in a second. There he is. What's up, Spike? Yeah, it's one of these days, but I felt for you a very, very sad day for me. I was uh, Spike Lee had called in, and Michael took me next. And uh, it's just sad. I know he was your guy, and I know you tried to emulate your game. I sent you some pictures. One yeah, I got that um, you okay, you saw the picture Thank with you. Bill Willis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was retirement. That was very kind to Bill, and uh, we went over it. Uh, He's the captain. We lost our captain, Trey and Buddha and all the regulars. And Jose, you're a youngster. You ever want to talk? Just look me up. I could tell you plenty about the Knicks. I'd be more than happy to bring someone into the fold. And you're in good company, trust me. Not with me, but with these guys. It's very, very sad. Clyde's going to be devastated. Oh, no the story doubt. about when he picked him up at the airport yeah. when he was a rookie, he kept him mm-hmm. waiting two and a half hours and he came <laughs> in a red convertible. <laughs> but uh, I, I had this all planned. I don't know if you'll get to it, too. Today and tomorrow and the next day, just got to get back into the rotation. I'll uh, grieve the way I choose to grieve because he was my captain too, and I met him twice. Once across the street at the parking lot, mm-hmm. I had my big Nick jacket on. He says, "You want to talk, youngster?" Uh, <laughs> picked the wrong guy, man. Fifteen <laughs> minutes later, and I left him, and he said to me, "It was a pleasure." I shook his hands and looked at him and said, "Thanks for the rings." And he showed me one, and he says, "You know more about me than I do." <laughs> I said, <laughs> "That's I, him." I said, "I said, Captain, that's the way it's supposed to be." Mm-hmm. What a what a classy man! Oh, and he took that Laker when he wiped out that whole Laker bench. Oh, <laughs> man. Right? Yeah. He was scared. Broke Jerry West knows. He he knocked out a guy for the whole year. But anyway, I'll leave you with this. Uh, Mm -hmm. I hope his family uh, gets some consolation. Nobody loved the captain. As much as they loved him in Louisiana, he had another state that loved him. The city loved him. Uh, He only played 10 years, but, boy, he left his heart and soul out on the floor. And being your guy, I'm sure you're feeling pretty sad tonight. Yeah, it's a tough one, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. But it's good to be able to talk, you know. And I was, uh, you know, talking and talking to you guys and talking to a couple of friends today. And we were reminiscing about certain things. So, you know, we'll, it'll. It, it's just like anything else. It's, it's, it's just a reminder. Like I said earlier, Gordon, it's a reminder of where you are in life. <laughs> because these are benchmarks, right? Yeah. Of certain we all have benchmarks in life, you know, where you were working when you got married, where you, where you were working when you had your first, your first, when you had kids and all that stuff. So all those are, and the people around you and where are those people now and so on and so forth. So it's, it's just a chance to reflect and remind you. And, and the one thing that you can say is Gordon, he, he lived his life well, and he, he will always be realized as always be recognized as a winner. And, and that's as good as it gets. And as a New Yorker, right? I mean, he yeah. played his entire career here. He, he yep. his whole entire his post career was here. So uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's when you tell the story of New York sports, if there's a book about it, there's a chapter on Willis Reed. No question about it. Even I even remember when uh, you wanted to coach and sat on the sat on the bench with Louis Carnesecca at St. John's. To gain some experience at your mm-hmm. alma mater, to gain experience in coaching, you learn from Louis, and then ultimately he ended up sometimes coaching the Knicks with uh, Ray Williams and Michael Ray Richardson. The ship be sinking, but the sky's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great quotes of all time. That's outstanding. <laughs> Especially the sky's the limit part. We all, oh, yeah, that, everybody that focuses the on the thing, ship right? be sinking. Sure. Yeah. Everybody focuses on the ship be sinking. No, no, no. Yeah. But the sky's the limit is the best yeah, part. Of exactly. exactly. Richardson, Manhattan. Hey, Richard. 
Larry Gordon talking about top 20 Knicks. Who do you take, Julius Randle or Latrell Sprewell? I think oh. I got to take Spree. I think I got to take Spree well. So would I. So would I. I take Willis, Spree. let me tell you, Gordon, you, would, you probably wouldn't know this. The most beloved New York sport team, beloved, without question, in 60 years that I've been watching, 62 years I've been watching New York sports, the Mets were not. What the Mets did in 69 was the greatest thing I've ever seen in sports. But they came on late. They came out in August, September, October. But the New York Knicks 69-70 team was the most beloved team New York City has ever seen. I heard the Brooklyn Dodgers were pretty good in 55 and the New York Giants in 56, but I was too young to, of course, remember that. But the New York Knicks 69-70 were the most beloved team. Bill Russell had retired the year before. The Knicks knew they had to do it. And Willis was the most beloved player on that team. No question about it. And they did it when they won the championship. Every night at the Garden was a party. With sounds of defense, defense, defense every night. But let me just give you guys two tough times in Willis's career. First of all, you know he traded Frazier in 77. Yeah. And Walt would not talk to him for a few yeah. years. He traded for Jim Clemens. The, for, for uh, 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 what was his first name? Bill Jim. Clemens? No. Jim Clemens. Jim Clemens, sure. Yeah. Who became? Is he still coaching? Coaching? You coached the Lakers, I know, on the bench. He did for a while, yeah. Long yeah. time, yeah. Lefty. Yeah. But anyway, nobody. And I always talk about how Patrick looked funny in a Seattle SuperSonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nobody looked funnier than Clyde Frazier in, in that Cleveland. Goofy yeah. Cleveland. You remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember that uniform. Yeah. Oh, with the, with Clyde the gold on the side. It, had, it was blocks. It had like blocks oh. on the side. It was uh, awful. Another low point, and what? Not low point, but you know, sort of a downer. The year after they won the championship, Larry Gordon. They were favored to win it again, 70-71. And they, went, they, they finished first in the East. I forgot who they won in the first round, beat in the first round. So they're playing the Baltimore Bullets in 71 around this time for the Eastern Conference Championship. Milwaukee moved to the West that year, mm-hmm. so the winner would play Milwaukee. But anyway, they played the, and Unsell dominated Willis. Or close to, I'll never forget it, Easter Sunday, uh, the Unsold had 30, uh, 32 rebounds at the Garden, and they beat the Knicks game four or game five. Anyway, it went to a game seven at the Garden, and Knicks had home court advantage, and it was on TV for some reason. I'll never forget Bradley's last shot. I don't know. You remember that last shot Bradley took in the corner and fell off the rim, Larry? Yeah. And they lost to the Bullets. They, and then the Bullets got swept by Alcindor and those mm-hmm. guys, Bobby Dandridge. Yeah. But that was a tough John time. That was one, in my, in my opinion, that was that was worse than the Mets losing in 88 or any of the Yankee losses, World Series losses in mm. 2001, because that team should have won. That team, Willis was healthy. The whole team was healthy. Yeah. Jackson was back, but Phil Jackson was, everybody was back playing. And yeah. that Bullets with Monroe and West just dominated. But my mother loved uh, Willis Reed. You know, he lived on 34th and 2nd. He used to walk across Second uh, 34th Street to the games. I seen him once walking wow. across. He was a nice man and yeah. the the most favorite Nick. Everyone loved Willis. Uh, Larry, when he came up, he was a center. Or, uh, no, he was a forward. Powerful. Oh, yeah. Well, Earl Bellamy, Bellamy was the center. And mm-hmm. ironically, the Dave DeBusher trade not only made Bill Bradley, because Bill Bradley would have been the biggest bust ever in New York if DeBusher didn't come, and they moved Bradley from guard to forward. But Willis, although Willis played well, but they were just mismatched with Bellamy. It's that they were too yeah. slow and lumbering, and mm-hmm. they could never beat out the Celtics or the 76ers with Luke Jackson and Will Chamberlain. Couldn't mm-hmm. do it. But once DeBusher got there, Willis went slid to the center position. Bradley moved to forward. They were moving fast, and that yep. and really, that's what made the team. Fellas, always a pleasure. Thank you, Larry Gordon. All right, Richard. Thank, thanks for the memories. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Hey, Robbie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Robbie. Well, I just heard about the passing of Willis Reed. I wanted to talk about that for a moment. It puts the Ranger game, I guess, in perspective, guys. You know, we're talking about a life. You know, I, I, today's my birthday, and I guess I'll be synonymous with Willis Reed to the day of the 21st that he passes, but... Uh, I still have memories as a kid watching that 73 team, and, and it makes me 
realize when I watch basketball now how much better the game was. I'm sorry, folks, but it was just a better game. And I hope that one day maybe the game will change. It will have dominant big men. It will have a little more intelligence to the game, a little more physicality. Because quite frankly, when you give up 140 points in a basketball game, you shake your head. You give up 42 points to a Minnesota team the other night. But uh, it's more about Wilson's passing. But, uh, you know, it, it just I have such great memories as a little kid in the Teen Dream Memager. And they just put that team. It's interesting. I was just watching that. You know that celebration at the Garden last week on YouTube yesterday, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and Willis had that message, and obviously Willis was, wasn't well enough to, to be there, and so. But I have great memories of Willis Reed and, and that Nick team, and obviously you know Clyde. I had a chance to meet on Monroe many years ago. He was wonderful, but uh, but yeah, great memories of, of, the, of the as a child of that that '73. Team. I remember my brother had the '73 championship, and it was like the shirt was so big we'd go below his knees. It was hilarious. It looked like he was wearing a dress, you know. But uh, I don't have great memories of, the, of those teams, but. Uh, I got to just ask one thing about the Rangers. You know, when I look at their top six, they were, they were invisible tonight. I mean, Kane was a non-factor. To me, Trocek and Kreider are so important because the rest of these guys are more finesse players. And tonight, the third and fourth line was good. I think the thing that bugged me, and they looked like a team that played three games in four nights, guys. I mean, it looked mm. a lot of hockey, okay? So let's be honest. And Eagle was very good tonight. The problem tonight for me was the second period where the Rangers, when the Rangers play well, they play in the other team's zone. When they don't right. play well, they chase and they chase. And that's what they did tonight, Larry. Too much chasing. And also, too, you got to be more physical. Keontae Miller's a big body. To me, he's out of position a lot of times tonight. I thought he improved with the poor tonight. But the thing is, my little criticism sometimes of Gerard Gallardo is making adjustments. Like, I didn't see enough of a surge. Maybe they just were tired, you know? Three games, like I said, three games and four nights. It's tough. Probably, yeah, they had a chance to get a point. By the way, your Islanders, man, you know, they're resilient. And I'm telling you, if they match up against Boston, I don't think they might not win, but they'll, they'll give the Bruins a run for the money because the skirt, uh, because, excuse me, the Sorokin is really good, and the Islanders know how to play defense. So, anyway, guys, um, I'll get your thoughts on uh, Will Street. Continue. Thanks uh, for letting me have the time. I appreciate it so much. Uh, All right, Robbie. Thanks for the phone call, and hope you enjoyed your birthday. 1 800 919 3776. I'm going to see what Gordon says about me next on 9870 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. The great Marv Albert recreating Game 7, 69 Chevy Championship. Knicks Lakers at the Garden. Willis Reed coming on the court. Everybody was wondering, will Willis play? Will Willis play? Well, he did play. Only scored four points at the first two baskets. And then there was the Walt Clyde Frazier show. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. <clears throat> Excuse me, Gordon. So, uh, great ending, WBC? Yeah, it was, a, it was, it was fun. Uh, Atani oh, strikes out Mike Trout? Yeah. The, um, the, the, the U.S. loses by a run 3-2. Had a little rally going in the ninth inning. Uh, Jeff McNeil, your guy, mm-hmm. had worked out a walk to lead mm-hmm. off the inning. So you think, uh-oh, here we go. Here's come here the big go. bats. This is it. But this is Mookie it. Betts grounded into a double play, and then uh, Otani gets uh, his teammate and Mike be... Trout striking out to end it. So a uh, great scene for the World Baseball Classic. That might be tough. during this. That's going to be tough for a minute, I think. The two teammates. That might be a little. You think? I, yeah, look, it, it was a fun event. Uh, yes, the only it problem was. is I don't. I don't care. Yeah. You know, like you. the fact that the U.S. lost. Are there people out there like, oh man, the U.S. I'm sure lost? I'm sure there are. Yeah, I don't know. Sure it was. It was exciting. It was fun. It was. It but was. I think in sports you have to have that that skin in the game that if your team loses, you're devastated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- this is what I want to talk to you about, Gordon. Okay. And and I, and I asked the guys if I'm a bad guy, okay. and I'm going to ask That's you: Is it possible? Yeah, is it possible I'm a bad guy? So, Gordon, I've I've tuned back and forth. I watched tonight. I've watched the past couple of of, of days. I've watched mm-hmm. WBC, mm-hmm. and I've watched maybe four or five, maybe, and not fully, because I'm just I can't do it yet. <laughs> Four or five exhibition games. Okay. All right? Gordon, I couldn't watch the WBC. It was hard for me to watch. It was they too take slow. too long now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a total change. I'm, I'm, I'm used to the quick. I'm used to the clock. I'm used to the games moving right along. I, so nothing about, nothing about the play, nothing about the teams or anything like that. 
But Gordon, I've, I've, I've gotten used to the fact that it, it moves along quicker now. And so watching this, the old style, I, it was hard to watch. I, I couldn't do it. Really? Yeah, it I, I got to be honest. I have not watched enough exhibition games. I've seen some of them. I don't have not watched start to finish, so I don't really get a feel for it. I, I do notice how much quicker it is. It, that did not jump out to me. I wasn't watching all that much of the World Baseball Classic in the beginning. I started getting on the bandwagon mm-hmm. a little bit because it was been a story here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Look, the games were exciting. The people they were. were invested. The fans love it. They I do. just don't know how you translate that. If you're baseball, how do you translate that now in getting the fan? Because it seems like the fans that were into this are not necessarily fans of Major League Baseball. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they are. Maybe they're they're already going to be, but people were way more. It felt like invested in this than they will be in the regular season of baseball. I don't know how you translate that over. I don't know if it's the type of yeah. thing where you have to put it, you know, like the the All Star break, like people have suggested. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it was clearly a very successful event. It was an oh, exciting no event. It was it. fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The player, I mean, to get the players on board. Yeah, that's that's incredible in and of itself. So. Yeah. Um, it, it maybe in it's what in three years again they'll do it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if it continues to grow. And the commission wants better starting pitching, but after I saw what happened to Diaz, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to get better starting pitching. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, know how you would do that. That's see, that's one of the things. It's not. Re- it's it's always going to be an exhibition, even if it's fun, even if it's exciting, even if you buy in. There's no way to do it so that the pitchers are going to be used as pitchers would be in exciting, important games. It, you can't make it important, really, because the pitchers are always going to have those limitations where they can't pitch you know, so many innings, so many pitches. They can't come back. Uh, I just don't know how you translate it. But look, it didn't, it didn't impact uh, how fans enjoyed it, though. No, because, because for, it, it's got – and this is a rough translation – Gordon, it's not apples to apples. It's fruit, (laughs) fruit to fruit. Um, It's more of a pride thing for a country. It's kind of like a World Cup. Okay, this is, you know, so for the individual countries, that's how you sit. It's big for them. It's huge. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, it, it's, look, it's that's monumental. Bigger than anything. Yeah, yeah, it's monumental. Yeah, that's bigger than their their professional Absolutely. teams whatever they're on. Right. So for for uh, for baseball US style, uh it's they would have to look at it like, okay, we have to bring more of our guys over here cuz we want to beat Japan next time. You know what I mean? So that's the way we would have to be recruited to see, listen, this is what we did. If we have better this, we need a couple of these guys, a couple of those guys. That if we have that, that we can go out. We want to beat Japan. So it's got to be like it was where, you know, in the Olympics. Where, okay, we, okay, we're not doing this anymore. We're bringing our guys. So that's how the dream team gets started. We're, come, we're, we're bringing our guys now. We've had enough of this. So it, it's just going to be interesting to see how the U.S. responds. I guess, but I just don't think that you can ever have the rules in place that the the, the, the all the barriers are off and you can use pitchers, right? If, yeah. if you know Otani wouldn't be closing the game, even though it was great theater, he would. If mm-hmm. it's if it's an important, if it's the championship game, you'd probably have him start the game, right? He yeah. might throw six or seven innings. Yeah, uh, that can't happen here. So I don't know how you alleviate that. I don't think. See, the thing is, is the World Cup is bigger than all. Yeah, the oh, other. absolutely. Yeah, it's not absolutely. even a question. Major League Baseball is still the thing that funds all this. So it's yeah. kind of reversed mm-hmm. that way. But, hey, yeah. look, good problem to have for baseball. Something, anything that baseball can do to get themselves in, in front of people and, and be part of the conversation that they're yeah. generally not, that's a good yeah. thing. So It's a good thing. Um, good for them. This worked. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I see the commissioner and uh, Tony Clark there. So everybody's Tony Clark. Happy. How about that? He is in the Beard Hall of Fame. That guy's is. beard. I wish I could grow a beard. That big That's white beard. It's it's perfectly sculpted. Yeah. It looks out. It looks fantastic. I remember talking to him when he was with your club, with the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, doing a little first base mm-hmm. uh, for them in in the recovery situation. Yeah, it's amazing. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Roscoe's in Brooklyn. Roscoe, you're next on ninety eight seven. What's going on, guys? You know, I'm always all over the place. I got two parts right here. Um, you guys ever go to, like, Broadway theaters? Like the Broadway theater show? A Broadway show? show. I have I have been in the past. Yes, yes I've been in the past. And how long, how long are those Broadway shows? Usually, like, about two and a half, three hours. Maybe sometimes even four, because they give you, like, an intermission, right? Am I mm-hmm. mistaken? 
Yes. Yeah, they can okay. sometimes be a little. I find that I find that to be boring. I get it. Baseball was boring for you guys now because it was slow in the World Baseball Classic, right? I get it and all that. I don't even want to get into all that. I'm just saying, like, people complain about the baseball game was too long. A theater, a Broadway theater show is longer than a baseball game, but that's near here nor there. I never want to hear on this radio station or any other radio station or anybody talk about Mike Trout being the best player in baseball. Please, guys, he's not. He's, Larry, let, let's talk, Larry. He's not the best player in baseball. And they talk all this craziness. He let the U. He, okay, I, listen, I laugh, but he let down the, the country saw who Mike Trout really was today. And it's, it's just it's mind-boggling how we, we put this guy on a high pedestal. He wins MVP every year. I don't know why. So Roscoe, yeah. Roscoe, it. Roscoe, thanks for the phone call. Uh, Take uh, a deep breath. And remember, you can make the Hall of Fame and you, and you, you, you don't, hit, don't get a hit seven out of ten times. <laughs> it's the sport you play. Give him a, listen, why can't you tip your hat to the pitch as opposed to downing trout? 1-800-919-3776. Roscoe, maybe, were there odds on this game? Maybe Roscoe's upset. <laughs> yeah, he might have made a little couple shekels. We'll get your thoughts next on 987 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Six feet ten from Grambling. The captain of the next and most valuable player of the NBA. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. That was the TV version. Earlier we played you the radio version. On a 1050 Gordon that was not ESPN. It was an old no. 1050. WHN. Yeah. games on there, too. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a country station at that's one point. It was. Later on. At one point. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. It was. And uh, so, once again, our remembrances of the Captain Willis Reed, who passed away today at the age of 80. 1 800 919 3776. We'll take your calls in a minute. Gordon, it's time for us to uh, unveil our. Well, to catch up on our bracket. Yeah. And uh, in the words of the great Ricky Ricardo, you got some splaining to do. I do. I, I have messed up. And there's no one to buy. Trust me, I fig- I tried to figure out a way I could blame this on someone else. <laughs> could not do it. And what I got wrong was, somehow not being able to read my own writing, I have my cousin Vinny in two regions. Now, this year, I did not put out an official bracket Mm -hmm. because I said to myself, well, what's the need, right? Like, it just kind of takes up space on Twitter. I'll just put the votes up, and everybody can vote there, and then we'll follow along. We don't really need a bracket. Well, Larry, apparently you do need a bracket. bracket. This way you make sure you don't write the same movie twice. (laughs) So that matchup is still going on. It's actually a pretty competitive one. Uh, My Cousin Vinny against Step Brothers, the 15 seed. Mm-hmm. There's still a few minutes to uh, vote on that one because we did it a little bit later last night. Right. Um, so I don't know how we handle this moving forward. Do we just move Step Brothers forward and cross out my cousin Vinny? Can't play in two spots. Right. Do we open it up uh, maybe tomorrow night to the top vote getters who lost in the opening round and maybe they can move on? I'm not really sure. We can have that conversation at another time. Okay. But I have to apologize to the listening audience, and I was waiting. Larry, I was waiting for someone to point this out, but nobody ever did. So this is a complete mea culpa on my part. Uh, but, uh, yeah, big screw up. And you know what? I noticed it last night when we were playing the clips, and, yeah. and I think it was Joe was playing the My Cousin Vinny clip. I'm like, boy, I feel like I've heard that before lately. <laughs> I can't figure out where I heard that recently. Yeah, it was did, the Did the I just night. watch this movie again? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, re-really, it's rewatchable because it's, two, it's in two different brackets. All right, so yeah. let's move back. Um, well, let's move on to uh, round number two. We'll figure out what we're going to do with that one yes. at some point. Mm-hmm. But we're back to uh, the uh, the opening region, which, of course, 70s. as as you will remember, is mm-hmm. the number one seed there is the Godfather. Sorry. And uh, the number nine seed is... Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. 
You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And now yeah, the Barton Hahn show. Yes, it does. It, it's a very good. It's the power hour. That's uh, it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, of course, is not from Rocky 1. This is Rocky 1 that is going up against uh, the Godfather. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's one of your matchups you can now vote on on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Everybody will be retweeting it here shortly. The other matchup uh, is the number five seed, which is... I'm a friend of Sierra Connor. I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? No, can't see her. She's making a statement. Where is she? Look, it may take a while. I want to wait. There's a bench over there. I'll be back. Yes, he and he did. He was <laughs> very shortly, and that will be going up against the number four, which is. Nobody steps on a church in my town. One, two, three. Oh, All right, there you go. Of course, is is Ghostbusters. Very long uh, clip there, but uh, maybe we might need to trim that down in the future. Uh, And now moving to the bottom half of the uh, Region 1, Round Mm -hmm. 2, we have the number six seed, which is... Let's go while we're young. Do you mind, sir? Trying to tee off? I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Damn! Okay, you can owe me. <laughs> I owe you nothing. Ted Knight, so fan. That is a Ted Knight movie from start yes, to finish. Indeed. And then they'll take on the number three seed, which is. I figure you're here to negotiate. Am I right? You're amazing. You figured this all out already. <laughs> hey, business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? Let's put it in my terms. You're here in a hostile takeover. You grab us for some green mail, but you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right? Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. All right, that, of course, is Die Hard, the number three seed. And then finally, we have the number seven, which is... The Republic will be reorganized into the first... Yes, Star Wars, and we'll take on the number two seed. I want you and that young man to tie that knot. I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to hold on to God's unchanging hand because he helped Joshua fight the battle of Jericho. Yes. He helped Daniel get out the lion's den. He helped Gilligan get off the island. (laughs) That is, of course, coming to America. And those are your four matchups for tonight. Round two, region one, the rewatchable movie bracket and voting is now open. At Gordon Damer, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Vote early and often, and tomorrow night we will, following the Nixon magic, uh, Nixon heat, rather, uh, we will tell you what we have decided to do uh, as far as the double Vinnies. We'll, yes. We'll make it clear what we're going to do. The two Utes. We got the, the two, two Vinnies. Yeah, we got to get rid of one of the Utes. So mm-hmm. we'll figure out which Ute is gone. <laughs> figure out which one is gone. So, Gordon, no surprise, uh, Shohei Otani is your MVP of the WBC. 435, he hit 435, 606, 739, four doubles and a home run, 1.86 ERA with 11 strikeouts in nine and two-thirds innings. See, there's a, the, only, the only team that beats him is the, uh, is the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, they beat him around. He does they, not. They, they uh, knock him around. They do. He has not. He has not fared well in New York. So, uh, but did fare well on the big stage of the World Baseball Classic. He, he has he been. Uh, he is sensational. And you'd have to say going into the season, he if you're putting money down on the MVP, 
You have to have a, a magical season to be able to be more valuable than a guy who pitches like an ace and hits like mm-hmm. uh, a superstar. Yeah, absolutely. I did not know that Josh Hart is is the great nephew of Elston Howard. I saw him wearing the Elston Howard jersey. I just thought it was. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't Nick, know that the there Knicks was a connection just, there. Yeah, the Knicks have just tweeted him out. With Interesting. Elston, yeah, number 32, Elston Howard jersey. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 987 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. The players all had such great respect, not only on the Knicks, but around the league. You know, he came into the NBA as a second-round pick, which really bothered him because the first-round pick was a guy by the name of Bad News Barnes, who had a very short career, although they were both with the Knicks in their first season. But that kind of inspired him and spurred him on. Marv Albert on the Michael K. Show today, remembering the late, great Willis Reed who passed away at the age of 80. 1-800-919-3776. Hardenstein Damer until the top of the hour. Then there's Freddie and the Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Marv said, uh, Gordon, after Reed fought the Lakers, he had a reputation and nobody bothered Big Willis. It was an opening night at the guard against the L.A. Lakers, and somehow, yes, a couple of guys started pushing and shoving, and there was a fight broke out, which was a little bit more frequent in those days than you see in recent years. So Willis was held back, and as a kid, I remember him telling the story, he was once held back, and it was beaten up. You know, this is when he was back home in his high school days, and he never forgot that. And someone made the mistake of holding him back, and he went wild. And he, he took on the entire Laker team, it seemed. You know, a couple of guys stayed back at the bench. And I can recall he broke the jaw of a guy by the name of John Block. Wow. Who had a long career in the NBA. And after that, no one would, I mean, they'd play him hard, but no one would ever mess with Willis, who, as we all knew, and as actually all the players knew, was a, just such a low-key, personable, wonderful guy. Uh, Marv, take us back. Game seven. I actually did, but I also did the before the radio broadcast of the game. I would do the pregame show, and I did it in the trainer's office with Willis, who had had suffered a thigh injury in Game Five. He went down, and uh, the Knicks went on to be able to beat the Lakers. This was 1970 in that game, but he sat out Game Six in Los Angeles, and there were doubts that he was going to play. He told me in the interview that he's going to play. He got a shot in the thigh, and he said he's going to. Play. And usually, you know, guys will say that, but you don't necessarily look at it as fact. But both teams went through the warm-ups, and they were almost ready to start the uh, pregame proceedings with the national anthem, etc. And Willis is not on the court. And then just before they were about to end the warm-ups, you hear this roar, and we were high atop the garden in the location at that time, and you could see from underneath Willis is hobbling onto the court, and the crowd goes wild. They go crazy. And that's what I just have to say. Uh, and here comes Willis. And then he had the Lakers. They, they stopped they were like in shock. They all stopped their warm-ups to look over to their left to see that Willis was on the court. You see Chamberlain, West, Baylor, the whole group. They couldn't believe it because they really were counting on him being out. And, of course, Gordon, as we mentioned earlier, Willis Reed hit his first two shots, and they never scored again, and it was really the Walt Clyde Frazier show. Here's Marv Albert remembering that Game 7 for Clyde. Then he goes on to hit his first two shots, both from the side, jump shots 15, 20 feet out. And, of course, the crowd is you know, it's one of the louder crowds I've heard at any event, uh, indoor event. And he played maybe, what, 20 minutes? And it didn't matter because the up. Knicks went on a surge, and they just pummeled the Lakers to win the championship. And uh, the guy who had the great game was Clyde, Walt Frazier, 36 points, 19 assists, 7 rebounds. One of the, That was one of the great games for a uh, point guard in the history of the NBA playoffs. But, uh, of course, what will be remembered was Willis, who was not supposed to play, coming out in such dramatic fashion. Um. Unbelievable, unbelievable setting, Gordon. Just unbelievable, unbelievable setting. And just to think at that time, <laughs> wasn't no local TV. <laughs> that, that game was not, that game was blacked out. So you had to listen to it on the radio. 
and uh, you know, just just wanting to to watch it and see what happened, and you know, just the fear of being a Nick fan. Oh, is Willis going to play? And you know, after not being there, and Chamberlain went crazy in Game Six, Gordon. I mean, he just he just abused the Knicks, and so you just want oh, if he doesn't, Willis doesn't play, we got no shot, we're going to lose. Oh, we came this far, we got you know. Oh, it's just it was nerve wracking to be a Nick fan that night, my friend. And Richard's point before about how they were the most beloved team in the city kind of makes sense because yeah. when the Mets win as as much as 69 or 86, there's a bunch of Yankee fans. Mm-hmm. When the Giants win or when the Jets won their Super Bowl, you know, it's still um, it's still the other team. It's still it's a divide, right? It's not yeah. 50-50, but it's, it's pretty close to 50. With the Knicks, they're the team. They were yeah. always the team. They're always going to be the team. So That's right. The fa- and that was the first one. Yeah. And it's always the, the first one's always the best one. So oh, that's true. I can, I can make it makes sense. And 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 the and the city. I mean, that's the, their team is the Knicks. Yeah. You kind of forget about that because they've been down for so long. But when the Knicks are rolling, man, they are the team. No question about it. They are. It, it, it's a different. It's a different atmosphere around here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if is. they ever won, man, if they ever won oh, again, God. oh. I mean, they won one game in the playoffs the last <laughs> time that people were acting like they won the championship. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Back to the phones. Nan is in Yonkers. What's up, Nan? Jan. How Jan. Are you doing? All right, Jan. How are you? <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, fine. I won't take up too much time. I just want to let you all know that I did meet the big giant, Willis Reed. Once when I was 14, four years into being a Knicks fan, mm-hmm. my friend Tanya and I, I don't know if you know the Four Bridge Apartments uh, on 179th Street and Audubon Avenue. My grandmother lived in the first building on the eighth floor. Mm-hmm. We go into the elevator one afternoon, and who walks behind us? Giant Willis. I know oh. exactly who it was. Yes, I was only 14, 1968, August, wow. that summer. I look up at him, and the only word I could say is Willis. <laughs> he smiled down at me. My friend Tanya is looking at me like I'm crazy. We get off the elevator. Before we get off the elevator, I wave goodbye to him. He waves to me. The door closes. I go into my grandmother's apartment, and I'm crying like hell mm. because I didn't have an autogra- uh, a pen or a paper or anything, you know, to get an autograph. And the second time I met him was after a Knicks game when Don Andres and Marv were doing the play-by-play on radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh I believe this was back in the late 80s, early 90s, when Mark Jackson was the point guard on that team, you know, with Ewing and everybody else. Right. He's a, he was a very nice guy. But this time, I had my New York Knicks in book and my pen, and I did right. get his autograph. Nice. Very personable, loved the fans. He gave us two championships. Yep. That's all I have to say, and thank you for taking my call. All right, Jan. Thanks, thanks for the phone call. Hang in there, my friend. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Trey? That call right there is what encompasses about being a Knicks fan. That raw emotion. This is what, like, my generation, we didn't because we didn't win. This is what we missed. You know what I'm saying? This is why we clutch Patrick and, and John and, and Mace and Oak. Those, that's why we clutch them so tight. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the captain, man. I didn't even see him play. And that's the captain, you know what I'm saying? He, he is the captain. Uh, tough day for Nick fans, man. I heard, I heard from Uncle Spike earlier. And just to, hear, just to hear the stories that Richard had and that, um, that young lady just had, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's, uh, this is a tough day for us, man, because this is all we got. You know, yeah. just like Gordon said, you know, there's a divide in every other sport in the city. Not this. Nope. You know what I'm saying? They, the, the Knicks are ours, you know, and, and Willis was ours, you know. And, 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 you know, he encompassed what it was to be that, 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 that hit all five boroughs, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? To no see question. him limp out on that floor that night, man, that hit all five boroughs, man. It hit everybody in the chest. And it propelled one of the, the greatest game seven by a point guard in the history of the game. Yeah. You'll never see a point guard do that again. Kyrie Irving or anybody, John Morant will never do what, what Walt did that night. You know, so I think for all young Knicks fans – Go to YouTube, man, and look at that game, man, and listen to Chris Schenkel and Jack Twyman and Howard Cosell called a game of their life on that TV mm-hmm. that night, man, for real. It was, it's amazing to watch. 
to some it might be boring to me to hear these stories, man, from Richard, Uncle Spike, and, and you, Larry, to hear mm-hmm. those, man, that, that's what being a Knicks fan is all about for me, man. I will never change my allegiance in the NBA, man. I could never wear nothing else, man. I hear you, Trey. Thanks for the phone call. And that's why Gordon is a Knicks fan. To see those, it's it's tough, you know, to go so long. You're not th- – listen, you're thinking – remember, they lost to the Lakers – the year before they beat them for the, for the second championship. So they got to the finals again. So they got to the finals back-to-back years. So you're looking, you're like, we, we got to the finals like three out of four years. So you're thinking it's going to be this way. <laughs> you know, you're thinking, hey, we're going to have a little fun with this. And then slowly but surely, guys retire. You start to see DeBusher retire. You see Willis retires because of injury. You know, now your 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 backcourt is starting to get a little older, and Clyde and and Earl Monroe. You're looking at a starting center now, and John Gianelli. So things are changing, right? You don't have the same chemistry, you don't have the same talent level, and teams are getting better, and teams are and the game is changing a little bit, right? And so you look at it and you say, man, we'll we'll, we'll be able to get something done, and not since '73 has this team been able to win the championship and you shake your head. It's just like Jet fans shake their head like 68 season, Super Bowl in 69. We haven't gotten back. You would think we would have gotten back. Um, Mets win a World Series. You think well, 69, well, look, you know, Seaver and Kuzman and and those players, oh, Tommy Agee and Ron Scriboda and Cleon Jones, we're gonna be we're gonna be good. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't win another title till 86. So that's why sometimes you have to enjoy that journey. Gordon, enjoy that season because you never know when you're going to get another season like that. And sometimes you don't. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, a lot of Jet fans have, have come and gone since the last time. They've, That's right. you got to enjoy it when you get it because and, – and everybody thinks that when it's good, it's never going to be bad, right? It's just yeah. going to keep going like this That's forever. Right. And uh, it does not go that way for sure. It's just like that banner in, in, the, in the garden for the Rangers in 1994. Now I can die happy. Exactly. And you know, ninety four. I mean, that's creeping yeah. up there. I know. Isn't that right? It's right. It is. It was fifty years before. Now, my, it's going to be. It's going to be thirty years next year if they don't win this it's crazy. year. Crazy. Thirty it's crazy. years. It's unbelievable. It's, it's so weird when you get to our age, and it's when people say things like, "Well, it hasn't happened since this year," and you're like, "That mm-hmm. one." That. Somebody said something about, "Well, they haven't." Uh, St. John's hasn't won a, uh, an NCAA t- title uh, tournament game since uh, two thousand. Like ah, two thousand. I'm like, oh, that's twenty three years ago. Oh, so unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a while. Especially when they, you know, in the height of the Big East, they were there all the time. Yep, that's the way it goes. And you know, and the Barry Mullen teams. Yeah, Mark Jackson and crew. They mm-hmm. were there all the time. Unbelievable. We'll wrap up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight when we return on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Will Oswald Peraza be the shortstop in that game? I think he will be, although I got to be honest with you, Larry. The, the, it's all, I, I'm almost waiting for the swerve to be pulled on me because I'm starting to, to think that is it, is it possible that Volpe is 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 makes the team out of spring training. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done everything you could ask. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're going to solely base it on spring training, but he's been lights out. He's the crown jewel of the system. You expect that he's going to play at some point this year. Is it possible that he actually makes the team? I, it would. Sh- I, I think it would shock Yankee fans if it happens because they don't trust the organization. I think they're going to send him back down. I do too. I've felt that way the entire time. I've, I've, I've gone on rants on the Saturday show saying, don't get your hopes up. It's not going to happen. They'll, they'll figure out a way. They'll come up with some reasoning or whatnot. Yeah, I think they're going to send him back down. You know what they're going to say. We want to get him consistent at bats. Mm-hmm. We want him to get consistent at bats. He's not going to get consistent at bats up here. We want to get consistent at bats. So I think, I think they're going to send him down. Um, but listen, the way he's played, he, he, he deserves a spot. He absolutely it does. does. It does. And look, if it's Peraza, you know, Peraza's supposedly a little further along in his progress, even though maybe he doesn't have as high a ceiling as Volpe, I can live with that if they decide to have him be the starting shortstop to open the season and see how it goes. He's, he's said to be the better defensive shortstop, so uh, that, could be, that, that, that could be a road to take. Fine. 
It, it cannot be IKF. No, I don't it think cannot it not be IKF. I don't think it could be opening day shortstop. I don't think so. Josh Donaldson, two home runs today, Gordon. Ooh. Yeah, uh, it's it's gonna take a little bit more than that, Larry. It's gonna, it's gonna I'm gonna need a little bit more. Just a little bit, huh? Not yeah, much, just, just a little, a little bit. bit. Uh, before we hear from Adam Schefter, who I promised, Jay Blaze NYC, my nephew, Twitter wise, mm. Uncle L, Uncle L, your thoughts on the Jalen Brown stuff he sent me? Now he sent and 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 to you also, Gordon, put together your best packets for him. How do we get this done? The Boston Celtics, and and I don't know, I don't know if the Knicks have anything that Boston would take because I don't think Boston is keeping him in this in the conference. I think if they make a move for for to get rid of uh, Jalen Brown, they're going to send him to the West. I don't, why would you keep him in the East? I wouldn't do it if I were them. I wouldn't no, to have him of course s- not. to see him all the time. Clearly, not in not to the Knicks. So, no, and, and this and. Uh, Jay Blaze, I don't know if there's anything that they have that would do it. Uh, because, see, here's the issue you've got now. If the Knicks continue to improve, what are those draft choices really going to look like? Exactly. So the draft choices, if, as they improve, I know that there are other teams' draft choices, like, you know, the ones they have from Orlando. Obviously, those could be something, but they're allowed to be protected. So what are, the, what are their draft choices going to look like if they continue to, and we hope they continue to improve, they're not going to be that that attractive. So, and the players, what you know, I don't know what they have that you would take off the Knicks. I can't imagine. I, so I, you know, I and I agree with you. If there was a way that they could get him, I would love to. Please, I would love to have him here because, and I had this conversation with one of my guests on Sunday, Gordon, uh, Rod Boone, who covers the NBA for the Charlotte Observer, and I had the conversation with him. They can't seem to get. Uh, Brown and Tatum on the same page in yeah. any game. They, they they just can't seem – they don't play well together. No, they don't. And eventually they're going to have to break them up. I just think they are. They they almost did it last season. But they, they caught fire and made a run to the championship and, you know, gave Golden State all they could handle before they beat – before Golden State beat them. Yeah, and it's not even like Jalen Brown is from New York or there's some tie there that he would want to force a trade to the Knicks or something like that. I just don't see the connection there. And and I yeah. don't I certainly don't see the Celtics saying, you know, we gotta get rid of Jalen Brown. Let's trade him to the Knicks. Yeah, I just so we see it. him all the time. I would love to have him. Uh Jay Blaze. Jay Blaze. <laughs> I would love to have him. He would be boy. Listen, I, I would make some moves to get him, but I just don't see them doing it. I just don't. I just don't. Gordon, here's Adam Schefter, and he's going to give you an update on what's oh, going thank on. Oh, God. Oh, and this is, this is big news. Whew. Big it's news. a standoff between the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers. It's a friendly standoff, and there can be and will be communication between the two sides in an effort to bridge whatever differences and disagreements they have on what the compensation should be for Aaron Rodgers. They'll continue to discuss what is proper. I think really the differences are more Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The fact that it's gotten a little personal between the two sides than it is between the Packers and the Jets. The conversations will continue, and they will continue until you would think something does get done but right now they're in the same spot they were last week and they will be in this spot <laughs> next week and the week after that he is, and the week he after is that. masterful isn't he at, great at being able to put that all in context and and tell you that nothing has happened nothing's happened and he and he's good as told you nothing's going to happen <laughs> yeah i did that too i always love i always love when they have an analyst and they're like well right now the chances are 50 50 well, yes. I mean, isn't the chances of everything happening is 50-50, basically? It could happen. It might not happen. Yeah. It's true. Mel Kuyper Jr. was hanging out with DPH and Rothenberg this morning. Mm-hmm. So if the Jets do have that 13th pick, and boy, they need it. If they can keep that 13th pick, uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. says they could really upgrade. I think they want the key. They want that pick. Uh, that offensive lineman is so important to Aaron Rodgers, basically. You know, to have success, you need the O-line, and that's a big question mark. Of all the positions on that team, you go to the O-line as the one iffy spot. Everything else looks really good. 13, Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, Anton Harris in Oklahoma, maybe on a trade down from 13. This gives them, if they keep 13, guys, it gives them maneuverability. It could move off of 13 and move down and still get a pretty good tackle. You know, Darnell Wright, the right tackle, I'm going 19. Broderick Jones could drop 
further than 13 and be there around 20. So uh, the Jets, I think that 13th pick is, is the critical piece of this puzzle that uh, the Jets just don't want to give up. And I think Green Bay saying, okay, next year's first could be between 25 and 32. That's not going to be a high. That's not going to be a 13th pick. No, it's not. And he makes a great point about them trading down from that pick, Gordon, because they need they need multiple spots. They have still more moves to make, more needs to fill. So if they move down, get their offensive linemen, and still have some other, you know, draft choices later in the rounds, that would be great for them because they need depth. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they don't want to give up the 13th pick, but is Aaron Rodgers the difference maker or not? Is Aaron Rodgers the guy who you think could take you deep into the playoffs and maybe win a Super Bowl for the first time since 1969 or not? I, I, look, I don't think that they're going to have to give up that first overall pick, or the first pick for them, the 13th overall. But, I mean, what are we quibble? I mean, I, I don't think the Packers are out of line for by saying, hey, if you want the quarterback, we got the quarterback. He wants to go to you. You want to go to him. You got you brought in his receiver. You you brought in his coach. You, you lined everything up. All right, now you got to pay us. I got to have, and this is not on them, Gordon. I'm just, if I'm Joe Douglas for one year, I'm not giving you a first round pick for one year. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it for one year. No, Mm-mm. no. What? Where are the people that told me that this was all worked out ahead of time and it was just about <laughs> finding out of what Rogers? I, I, I remember those reports, Larry. I'm not going I crazy, right? No, no. Everything was in place. They told You're us. You're right. It was all, all, all they needed to find out was what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do. That's it. That was it. But now since Rodgers has made these comments about Green Bay, Green Bay's holding the Jets responsible. Oh, okay. Well, you know, he's not going anywhere. We don't want him. Nobody else wants him. You want him. Well, if you we'll, let's see how bad you really want him. And we'll wait you out. We yeah, because once he gets out. past the draft, they don't have to do anything until September. Then they, I know. Uh, then, I mean. You're what, done. Right. You're cooked. You're cooked. That means Zach Wilson is taking all your snaps. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. And you thought I screwed up with uh, two My Cousin Vinny's. <laughs> no, that would be worse. Yeah, that would, would be, have... uh, that, no question. That would be worse. <laughs> that would be worse. That would be just a little bit worse. All right, my friend, be good on the radio. We'll see you tomorrow night following Nick's Heat. Sounds good, Larry. All right, that wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us as always. Once again, yes, Nick's Heat, big game down in Miami. Nick's need to bounce back from that loss against Minnesota. Harvey, Julian, thank you very much. Up next, Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN.